I listened to the podcast we recorded yesterday. Yes. I am an egomaniac, but that wasn't the reason why. We wanted some clarification on your homework. Well, the, the things that you asked me to do, it's not really homework, but I'll do it anyway. Yeah. Well, and this way you get to own a little if I'm wrong. Oh. So we talked about, obviously, Marjorie Taylor Greene saying that, or implying that either adoptive or step-parents aren't real parents. Um, Clarence Thomas, you already know that, right? Mm, yeah. The thing with yeah. him and the billionaire. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then Tucker Carlson is the only one we might want to define a little bit because there's a lot with him. Should we just stick to the allegations of white supremacy? Or Yeah, I think we should because there's so many things. I mean, uh, yeah, Uh, either that or um, what he said on air versus what he said behind the scenes. Yeah, I think those are two good ones. And the white supremacy one... The way I would define it is looking into the comments. I believe it was his either ex-head writer or ex-producer said before he got fired and that Fox actually came out and apologized after they fired him for those comments saying that Tucker Carlson says dog whistles in this show pretty much every night to white supremacists. Yeah, I didn't know about that. Yeah, but that's why you got the homework. Okay, well, maybe the maybe the, the racist stuff I can look up for that, that piece. Nice. And stick to that. And, and maybe uh, the following week. And then maybe the following week I'll look up the other one. Yeah, we'll have fun with uh, Tucker Carlson for a while. Oh my goodness. <laughs> but babes. Yeah? Moving off of a potential white supremacist for now. Moving off of politics. Okay. I'm not a big fan of Natalie Merchant. I'm not either. We were in bed this morning doing all that. Oh my goodness. And talking. Were we really or were we in the living room? We're in the bedroom, babes. Okay. We're in this bed. Okay. <laughs> All right, go on. Okay. Mom, you're thinking, yes. The bubs. <laughs> I don't want people knowing our stuff all the time. That's okay. I'm fine with it. You're okay with it. I'm not okay, okay with it. Okay. Ouch, you squeezing my ear. Yeah. Be good, boy. I'll pinch harder. I'm very good. There's a reason I'm called the never not good boy. No, you gave yourself. Ah, okay. I said there was a reason. I didn't say what that reason was. Hmm. She had done a song, I think it's called Wonder. I thought, yeah. Either Wonder, Wonderful or Wonderous or something. I think it's actually Wonder. At first I thought it was She'll Make It Her Way. I thought it was Wonderful. Well, no, I'm giving you my history with it. And Google didn't know what that was. We go on to YouTube. I type it in and it's either Wonder or Wonderful. It doesn't really matter. I think it does. Okay. Just because if somebody wants to find out what it is. Okay, why don't you ask Miss A what the name of the song is so we have it right. Alexa, what is the name of Natalie Merchant's song that has to do with a girl? Alexa, stop. I'll ask it later. I don't know how to phrase it. <laughs> let's I don't get, know how to phrase it. All right, let's get to the actual discussion of the song. Okay. We can get caught up on titles later. Yes. This song came out in 95 or 96. I believe you're right. And when I heard it as a much younger person, I thought it was a complete exercise in braggadocia. She's talking about how great she was even when she was born and how incredible it was that the doctors all came, surrounded her and talked about her greatness and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Now, 
There is some dispute over that, though. Because even though that's what the lyrics kind of imply, she says that... What, what was the exact thing? Because we went on she YouTube. She said that she wrote it about a girl that had a disability. Okay. And... um. Yeah, it was about it was about her. I, it sounded like she had multiple disabilities. This was a more recent interview within the last few years or so. It looked yeah, like. that's what. And then they had a, a clip of a, a a child singing the song, which I didn't. Couple didn't kids. Hear that. A couple kids. Yeah. yeah, I think of that as revisionist history. I think this is like revisionist history. Yeah, she was channeling her inner Kanye West when she did this song. That's the way I perceive it. Oh my goodness! What if you're totally wrong about that? What if she, you hear an actual interview and she explains more about the story and you find out it's not really her? I'm just saying. Anything's possible, babes. I think you should find a more in-depth interview oh. concerning the song. And I think it's called Wonder. Okay. We've established. If you Google Natalie Merchant, it's like her biggest hit. She had trouble me. And I, I like the only song I like from her really is Thank You. That's the only song I like from her. I'm not sure I know that one. Yeah, I could play it for you later. Oh, I like that song. Um, I like that song out of every song that she's done, but that's really the only one I like. She always, because of that song, I thought she was very full of herself. Yeah. So I never explored her music that deeply. I and I don't really care for her voice either. I just it doesn't do anything for me. No, I don't like it. I don't either, babes. Light. Yes. But that was a fun conversation. I guess so. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yes. But you got to have an ego, I think, if you're going to be a music star. Well, it's. I guess it's hard not to if you're um, if you're um, producing hit after hit. But there, I mean, I don't know. I guess you have to be if you want people to know that you're great. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's. Probably why I wouldn't want to be famous because I don't feel like I have enough of an ego. And I don't want to have an ego. Well, you do need an ego, despite what some Buddhists will tell you. Not all of them. I should say more of the white, rich Buddhists will talk about the ego is the cause of all your problems. And what they fail to mention is while you do need to keep it in check, it does help in certain situations. I don't think so. Really? Well, yeah, I just I just think um, that you can get so full of yourself that it's all about it's all about you now. It's no longer about anybody else. But that's why it's about balance, babes. Yeah, but that's probably why I'm not a famous person. <laughs> I, I don't think I would be able to be good at it. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Well, that's mm -hmm. interesting, babes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I'm reading Bernie's book. I'm only a couple chapters into it. I like it, but I kind of feel like I already knew this stuff already. Oh. Because he's talking about the 2020 election and how he lost to the primary, fought for a progressive agenda, you know, that type of thing. Okay. And you're, little, you're looking for something you didn't know. Exactly. Maybe I'll get there. I'm only a couple chapters into it, like I said. So we'll see what happens with that. Okay. What books have you been reading the last few days? 
Except for the one. That's just the one. The postmodern Pilgrim's Progress. Right. Nice. Wait. Well, good. So now I'm, uh, I believe I'm on, it's either chapter seven or chapter, chapter seven or chapter eight, I think. I think it might, it might be chapter eight. Um, I got to figure out where I am, but, um, it's getting interesting. <laughs> Pretty soon I'll be halfway there. Yeah, really halfway. <laughs> oh my goodness. Your dream is to take me to the symphony. No, that's not my dream. I'd, I'd like to. You would be a horrible person at improv tapes, just to let you know. I didn't know you were trying to improv. I was not. Okay. But I'm just saying. <laughs> no, I, I no, get to I mean, see somebody saying something in improv and you'd be no. like, no. Well, because if I didn't know it was improv, if it if I didn't know that we were improv. We're not. But I'm just saying, I could see you not doing well in that film. <laughs> really? Why is that? Because you're supposed to yes and a lot. Oh, not. that's that's according to Bojack Horseman. No, that's not. That's one of the... Yes, they say that in the show, but it's actually taken from improv. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's a and... real thing. That's a real thing that you're supposed to do. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I didn't know that we were going to talk about improv. That's why I said no. We're not, but I'm just saying, babes, it's an observation that came into my mind oh, my that God. you would not be that good at improv. Because somebody would tell you something, you'd be like, no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Give me a kiss. No. You're supposed to say, yes, and I'd like to give you a hand job during this episode. <laughs> Behave now. I, I am behaving now. Mom, don't listen to this. Oh, oh my goodness. Bite my nose. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> I didn't actually bite it. His oh nose. I, is your nose okay? It's going to be all right. And then you squeeze it. <laughs> Anyways. We're on the couch last night. And you said, My queen is taking you to a symphony, Bob. But apparently not. quite like that. How did you think? <laughs> I said, I want to go to the symphony with you. Nice. I didn't say, My dream is to take you to a symphony. <laughs> But no, no, no. I said I want, I want to go to the symphony with you um, one day because I love going to symphony concerts. It's fun. I haven't been since probably January of 2018. Yeah. Like a couple weeks before we met each other. Yeah. And, and I was really surprised that I didn't even know about it until after it happened. For some context, the friend of mine who put to the, together the event where we met hooked me up with tickets to go see Pirates of the Caribbean with the Oregon Symphony doing the soundtrack. Yeah, I was so jealous. I really cool it. show. And he was actually trying to set me up with somebody else. Yeah. But I would have been so, I would have jumped at the chance to go to that. Mm -hmm. I think it would have been so cool. It was very cool. Yeah. I would love to love that, but that's okay. We met at another event that he was hosting, so that's, that's right. all right. Happened the way it did. Anyways, back to last night. Yep. I go online and see that there are a couple of symphony performances that sound interesting that are coming up. Yep. So we might go to one. Yep. Um, uh, you found... Uh, 
Could you stop burping, please? Oh. You found um, a performance that have has to do with a piece called The Planets by Gustav Holst, and I've been hearing about that piece for a long time, and I've heard uh, three of the movements. So Jupiter, which I played in high school, and then there's another one called Mars, Bringer, Bringer of War, and that's a pretty popular one. Then there's a Venus Bringer of Peace, which is really pretty. Um, I don't know the other ones. I'm guessing I, I I heard that it was like seven movements total. Cool. And I think it would be fun to hear. Some of those performances are in the afternoon because it's the same weekend as the Starlight Parade. And what is the Starlight Parade? Is I'm surprised you don't know about it. It's a big event downtown that I don't know if it raises awareness for dying kids or something, but it was always a thing in Portland that they would broadcast on Channel 12 back in the day. That's the event, babes, where I flipped off Ronald McDonald when I was a little kid. Did I ever tell you that story? Why did you do that? Even my sister asked me that. Why did you do that? That's stupid. Why? I was like 11. Here's what happened. Down there with my mom, we're going to go and meet with one of our friends. And in the meantime, we see one of the um, floats for the parade and Ronald mm-hmm. McDonald's on it. Yeah. So we're waving and my mom looks away and I put down all my other fingers except my middle finger. <laughs> Why did you do that? I'm surprised Do- Ronald McDonald didn't yell at you. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, We're yeah. talking about 1994, babes. This wasn't last week. Uh, the apple doesn't far too, fall too far from the tree, does Why it? Why do you say that's uh, your sister was a holy terror even more than you were. No, but when I told her about it, see, her response was similar to yours. Oh, my goodness. Why did you do that? <laughs> I I'm, surprised, it was I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I'm He might not have even noticed it. You might not. You might have just been on the float, just, just um, doing what he was supposed to do. That's possible. Hmm, wow. <laughs> so uncalled for. <laughs> <laughs> well. See, if I wouldn't have done that, we wouldn't have got this great story. <laughs> no, no, no. Did, did you? Did your mom know that you did that? No. She didn't see you? She didn't see me. And I think my sister was too disgusted to say anything. But she was with you. No, no, no. I told my sister a couple months later. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, all I got to say is, ow, ow. Oh, wait, I ow. accidentally scratched myself. Hold on. Let me try something. That's okay, baby. No, no, no. I'm not going to hurt you. Ow. Squeeze my nose. Yes, that's right. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I will not be flipping off anybody at the Starlight Parade this year, hopefully. I Is it kind of like, I mean, are they tied to the Children's Miracle Network? They're tied to some organization. Okay. I don't know, remember I, the specifics. No, I've heard of the Rose Parade, but remember, I didn't grow up in Portland, so I don't know if it's a Portland thing. I believe it is. I Yeah, so why would you be surprised I didn't know about the Starlight Parade? I didn't say I was surprised, babes. You did said, I? Yeah, Well, you did. because you've li- I, I know I did that. I'm dyslexic for one thing, and you've lived here for a bunch of years now. I, I so I'm have surprised never, uh, nobody's talked to you about it. No, I haven't. Wow. But 
I haven't been watching, you know, local TV any, uh, you know, for a long time. I, I haven't, I haven't watched any local Portland TV here since I moved here. I, I just wasn't interested. But that's interesting. I got really into local TV again during the pandemic, only because I was watching so much news. Okay. Um. No, I haven't watched. I didn't have a TV. Uh, that's part of the reason why I didn't watch local TV, and I just wasn't interested. I still don't have. I mean, I do have a TV, but it's hooked up to my computer. Mm -hmm. So mainly what I'll do is I'll watch portions of different local newscasts on YouTube, which is a habit I really need to start getting out of. Oh, okay. Now that the pandemic is gone. Uh, yeah. And we just have to worry about everybody shooting each other and whatnot and defunding the police, and, you know. Oh. Oh. Um, but no, I have not heard of the Starlight Parade. I have, uh, but I definitely have heard of the, the Rose Parade and the... Um, the naked bike riding weird thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, good. You never flipped off anybody during a parade before. When you no. Why would I do something dumb like that? I think somebody needs a kiss. No. <laughs> Bub. <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> I don't know about you sometimes, Bub. Why not? Mm. <laughs> that wasn't I mean that wasn't as weird a story as when uh um your mom almost caused a fire at the um the <laughs> Chinese garden. I know. That's a weird story. Yes. <laughs> and she thought it was funny. So the, the apple doesn't fall too far from the tree, does it? My mom had some issues, babes. Apparently. So did you. She couldn't appreciate the awesome sun that she produced. She thought I was great, but it's not like she worshipped the ground that I walked on, which would have been an appropriate response, if you ask me. What? Why Gabby? Why Gabby? Why Anyways. Anyway. We uh, might go to the symphony. Yeah, and I think it would be really fun to uh, get dressed up and, and go. You could brag about it to people. Yes. And you'll really enjoy doing that, babes. Oh. Oh. That would be awesome. Yeah, really awesome and really nice. Really awesome, really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was a little bit excited when you went to bed last night. Not I don't want to make it sound like there's anything weird going on. Okay, what's what what why? What's going on? So I had to re-listen to the podcast, find mm -hmm. out the homework. We already know that. And afterwards, I'm telling myself, I'm going to check out that interview that Marianne Williamson did with her daughter. Oh, my goodness. Because I'm interested now, right? So, so, so they interviewed her and her daughter. No, here's what happened. I thought that her daughter interviewed Marianne. Mm -hmm. And well, well, this is going to be super cool. And then I read the description, I'm watching it, and it turns out that that's not the case. And the reason I thought it is the video is entitled, like, Marianne Williamson, A Mother in the White House. Mm -hmm. And it's a younger lady interviewing Marianne. Oh, but it okay. turns out that this lady just has some talk show. Her name is Leah something. Not Leah Remini, right? No, no, no. No. Okay. This lady is maybe in her mid-20s. Or the early 20s. 30s. Is, is, does she have like um, a YouTube channel or something? Yes. Okay. But this was the first time I was hearing about it. It's still a cool interview. I'm only maybe a third of the way through. Mm -hmm. But 
I'm going to watch this lady's channel now that she's willing to have somebody like Marianne on. But it was a little bit weird. Like, I think I'm, you know, seeing something like that and it's not the case. Hmm. Yeah. Do you ever wonder what politicians' kids think of them? I don't know. I guess I don't think about that. Mm. But maybe, I don't know. I I haven't really thought of that. I've heard people call Marianne Williamson like the TikTok mom because she's super popular there, mm -hmm. apparently. And I think that's part of her appeal is she doesn't remind me of my mom, but I could see if my mom was alive, her being friends with somebody like Marianne, if that makes any sense. Okay. So that's going to give her an advantage because Joe Biden reminds you of your grandfather who has dementia. Yeah, and, you know? and luckily my grandpa did not. Uh oh But he did go through a stroke. I can ima I can totally imagine Joe Biden going through not just dementia, but a stroke. A major stroke. Huh. No, I'm seriously. That's I a mean, possibility. He's things. going downhill. The man's already eighty years old. Mm -hmm. He's he's going so far downhill, it's 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 very painful to watch. It's funny, but it's also really, really painful. Because he's the leader of our country. That's what makes it so painful. Well, it's just it's just painful in general, whether he was or not. It's just very painful. Yeah. It's painful. It's even more disturbing that Jill is still trying to remind him to do stuff and trying, you know, telling him to pay attention and act like there's nothing wrong. But what is Joe Biden going to do? She's in a very difficult spot. Joe Biden knew that he shouldn't have run. That's that's all I'm saying. Okay. I don't think, but, that, I don't think she, there's no way she didn't know that she should, that he shouldn't have run. Okay, babes. Okay. This was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. When you have dementia, you can go down quickly as far as mental decline goes and i'm not saying that he was perfect back then but she might have fooled herself to think that he was doing he was going to do okay through the presidency and you got to remember when he was running in 2020 most people were saying that he was only going to be in for one term and listen that could still be the case even though that's not what he wants mm -hmm. but she might have thought that he was going to handle things better than he is hmm. that's this one man's opinion oh yeah but anyway, it's very painful to see. I was right. watching a Breaking Points video today, mm -hmm. and Crystal and Sagar were making the point, if they suspend Democratic primaries this time, mm -hmm. what's that going to mean in 2028? Does that mean that Kamala Harris isn't going to have to do primaries because she's the vice president? Are we never going to get Democratic primaries again? That... There should With, be primaries. That, and that was actually a, a really good point that I didn't even think of. Yeah, there there should. Are you talking about debates? I'm sorry, debates. Not primaries, debates. Debates. I should but, have said that. I'm dyslexic. That's okay. Yeah. I, I knew what you meant. I'm not doing well today, babes. I'm sundown and like Joe Biden. <laughs> it's not even sundown yet. I know. That, that's why I'm sundown because I don't know. That's not sundown yet, babes. Oh. No, you're fine, bubs. Okay. It's okay. I know I'm fine, but. Bubs. Sorry, go ahead. What were you about to say? Really? Oh my goodness. Um, I don't know. Um, I don't think that they. I I think that the idea that they shouldn't have debates is ridiculous. They need debates. Mm -hmm. We the, the, both sides need need to debate each other, and I think it's important. 
Um, I hope they change. I hope that the um, the Democrats change their mind on this because it is important. How are we supposed to know what candidate is fighting for what and what their policies are, whether we disagree or agree with them, where they came from, why they ran. And it doesn't make Joe Biden look good. It's not like you hear he doesn't want to have debates and you think, you know, oh, he's a much better person than I thought he was. You think that there's something wrong with him like you already thought, but it increases that feeling. Mm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it was Sagar who made a point a couple of weeks ago is, I hope I'm getting this right. He said something like, if you think Joe Biden would be a good president again, you should ask yourself, would I be comfortable riding in the car if I knew that he was the one driving it? I wouldn't. No. I would not. <laughs> yeah. And metaphorically, that's kind of the case. Yeah, I would not want to be in the same car as him. Not just because he's kind of creepy, but because he doesn't know where he is half the time. That's right. He probably would go to the first um, ice cream shop. Instead of going to where you you wanted to go. Well, I don't know about that. I think it, he's more saying he would probably crash the car. He probably would crash. Everybody. He probably would crash the car off of an embankment. Yeah. Not good. Really not good. Not a good look. Okay. No. Okay. But I made the ice cream shop joke, which shouldn't fly because um everybody wants to know what his favorite ice cream is in his party. Is that true? Well, it just seems like the one one of the things that they care about is his favorite ice cream. So I don't know. What is people, what does he say about that? I've never oh that, entertained that people, this. People have asked him what his favorite ice cream flavor is, or and he said that it was like chocolate chip ice cream. And okay, a lot of people in in his party have been asking him like softball questions like that, or he couldn't remember that he went to Ireland last week. You said that yesterday. I know I did. There was something about he was on CNN either this last week or the week before, and they gave him the questions ahead of time. Yeah, but they've been, a lot of people have been doing that for a while. Yeah, they have. They got caught doing that with your girl, Hillary. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I remember one one time they gave him, could you please stop that? What? (laughs) Dizzy? Yeah, back in the Dizzy. Oh, my goodness. You've been doing that a lot. Um, Rizik. Oh, my goodness. Anyway. um, Jay Lizzo. Oh, jeez. Go ahead. I thought it was Gisalo. Gisalo. Which is actually kind of cool. Um, anyway. Green Gisalo and Hammond. And his Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> Go ahead. Rizik and uh, Alizana. Yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, so um, there was one time where I think he was, um, they gave him some cue cards and he actually read what was on the cue card instead of, um, Using the cue cards as a prompt. I remember something that like was that. really weird. Like, okay, I'm supposed to shake the hand of someone, or I'm supposed <laughs> to do something. I'm like, uh, yeah. If you need cue cards, and there's something really wrong. Mm-hmm. Look, I I know that when I've given presentations in class in classes, I use something in front of me as a prompt, but I never read what's on it. What I do, babes, mm-hmm. when I give a presentation, yeah is I won't have a prompt in front of me, but I'll rehearse it a lot. Mm -hmm. So I have the general talking points down and I know where they go. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, um, I'll do like, I'll make mental notes in my head, Mm -hmm. but if it's a long presentation, I'll have like a braille, um, page in front of me or a couple of braille pages 
to use as a prompt, like, okay, where am I now? But I'll never, ever read what's on it. And I totally get that if you're president, you're doing so many different things that maybe the mental talking point method won't work for you. Having said that, you didn't see that type of thing when Obama was in office or when no, Trump was president. He, he read the cue card, but I think he also read the, teleprom the teleprompter. Who, Obama? No, 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 Biden. Okay. Um, most of the stuff was on the, I think... I think if I remember correctly, there was stuff on the teleprompter and he read it. Mm. Um, it's interesting, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Cue college. Yeah. Hopefully we'll have a new president in 2025 named Marianne Williamson. Goodness. But time will tell. A boy can dream, babes. And that's what I By do. the way, you forgot to tell your dream, but we'll, wait. we'll do that uh, later on. Oh, yeah. We'll I did have that one. Later on. Yeah. The other night. A dream, and you, and I heard it, and it is very strange, but you'll hear it. Yeah, later on. Later on, something to look forward to for me. Oh my goodness! Okay. Yeah. It was a it was a hot day yesterday. It was. And unfortunately, I forgot to mention. Um, I did I mention this yesterday that I couldn't get ice cream. I I wasn't able to get ice cream for the um order I put together yesterday we said that you were thinking about getting ice cream but we i don't think we went to the specifics that you didn't order it yeah i wanted to do that before they got there but i checked my messages and the person had already started shopping so mm. i couldn't put it in there luckily there's today you have other stuff to get yes but one of the things is ice cream i like that babes yes yes so we'll see what goes on there, Jamo. Yeah. Yeah, I'm really excited about that. That's white. Yeah, really happy about that. Really happy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So after the Bernie book, I need to find something else to read. Hmm. I haven't really been you reading. You can that start much. reading my book. But I'll be done with it way before you are. Oh. Well, <laughs> Maybe you should start, Bubby. Well, maybe you should spend some time reading it too. I have been, Bubby. Okay. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we got some good books coming on after this one. Yes, we do. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Is the David McCullough book on Bard? Uh, it is on Bard and I believe Bookshare as well. I know for sure it's on Bard because I downloaded it again. Okay. Just to make sure I can listen to the version that you have, even though I have my own version. Okay. With the Alex voice reading it. Because back in the day, yeah. there was an app that I really loved called Books to Burn. Yeah. And you can use it to transform like EPUB books into audiobooks using the Alex voice. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't think that they updated it so it's no longer useful, but I did a lot of audiobooks that way. You when know, did that come out? Well, I found out about Books to Burn in maybe 2010. Wow, really? And I used it until around 2015. Wow, that was a good 13 years ago? Yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I guess it was. Yeah. Huh. Wow, I feel old, babes. It wasn't that long ago, though. It seems like it was, but it wasn't that long ago. Mm -hmm. I was getting laid and getting Okay, but we need to go to your past now. Oh? Can we talk about your sorted past? I had a rocket in but, my but, pocket. But. I still do. 
Stop what? it. Okay, I won't. <laughs> Move on, please. Oh my goodness. Alana is thinking about doing some karaoke with somebody. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thinking about that. Let me let me just um, clarify this. We've talked about this person many a time in our episodes. Alana and I maybe make fun of her when we're not doing this. <laughs> we don't, but and we might. I wanted to see how she was as a singer. And I thought to myself, hey, I would be more than happy to play some flute stuff for her. I would be more than happy to do it, in fact. Um, but I I probably wouldn't do it, like, at a restaurant or anything. Um, just because, you know, I'd probably do that at her house if, if I went to her house or something. But The word on the street is she is really in the karaoke. Yes. And she has told me that she got into singing... Um, since she was a teenager and whenever I hear about anyone um, really interested in the music, um, I want to know uh, what they can do. Last summer, babes, yep. you told me mm -hmm. that she was about to record an album. Yeah. And then she, we saw her and she kind of blew that off. Yeah. And I asked her the same thing when, um, how we talked about that when we went to lunch that, uh, one time, um, it was like, a, I think it was like m a month ago. Mm. And she said that um, she didn't do that and she needs to do it. And it might have been at lunchtime or I think it might have been lunch. And then and then I think uh, most recently she said that she had a bunch of songs made and she needs to record them. And I'm like, why? What are you doing? <laughs> what are you waiting for? And the last time I heard, she had to to um, contact a um, music software company that gave her software. Um, and I forgot why she was doing that, but I'm like, man, it's been like how long? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know. Yes, I do know. It has been how long? Too long. She also told me that she's a part of a choir. I forgot. I don't remember. I don't think she told me which one it was. Mm. Yeah. You should ask about that. Yeah, I should. We could go to a performance, bring some tomatoes. Yeah, and go boo. <laughs> you know, like on the Muppet Babies, when uh, Fozzie would tell a really bad joke, and you would hear, um, you would hear like a sound of a crowd going boo. I vaguely throw, remember that. Yeah. They would throw rotten tomatoes at him. Mm -hmm. And he'd be like, oh, <laughs> he'd be like, waka, waka, waka. And it would be a really bad joke. And and they would uh, throw uh, tomatoes at him. Yeah. And then funny. we have that rapper, Waka Flocka Flame. Uh-oh. No. Who apparently is really bad. I've never listened to his stuff. But I it's remember. Really bad rap rapper? Yeah. When I listened to Conspiracy Radio Worldwide, they would always shit on him. Conspiracy Radio Worldwide? What is that? It's no longer around. But it was a podcast out of, I want to say the UK. Mm -hmm. What's the guy's host? What's his name? I forget the host name, but his co-host was named Menace. Mm -hmm. And they would interview a bunch of people involved in the rap community. I remember, I think one of their last programs was in April of 2011. And it was a tribute to Guru from Gangstar. Mm -hmm. No, when did Guru die? No, I'm thinking of Nate. Guru died in April of 2010. Okay. Yeah, so that's how long it's been since this show 
has made consistent episodes. They did a couple of shows after that, but not very many. And it was really cool because they play the hot joints. They introduced me to artists like Blackistan and Army of the Pharaohs. And they played some Immortal Technique. They had some interesting interviews. Sometimes they'd goof on the guests a little bit. Mm-hmm. But they, I remember them trashing some DJ over in Britain named Tim Westwood and also making fun of Waka Flocka Flame, mm. who is probably a mumble rapper. Wow. Yeah. How do you feel about what I just said? Well, I don't like mumble rap. Oh. <laughs> it sounds, it, you can't understand the person. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> as you know, babes, yeah. there is a fantasy I have of what would it be like if I could relive my life knowing everything I know now. Mm-hmm. And the things I would do, the money I would make, the women I would get with. But one of the things that maybe goes unsaid that we should discuss is I think it would be fun to be a pioneer in the mumble rap community. So I know that came about in like maybe 2005, six, somewhere around then. And it was big for a while. But if I could relive my life, I would record a mumble rap CD (laughs) in like, the late 90s with that was all like auto-tuned up just to really confuse people is that what it's really called mumble rap yeah wow ask miss a alexa tell me about mumble rap alexa stop alexa tell me about the music genre of mumble rap Alexa, stop. Okay, she's talking gibberish right now. Mumble. So when did who do you think started it? Because I, I I never I never liked mumble rap. I don't know, but whoever started it made a huge mistake. Spoken to the guy who said if he could relive his life, he'd be a pioneer in that genre. I mean, who do you think are would you say are like the biggest names in mumble rap since you're in that world? Well, since you're in the hip hop world, I don't know. I don't listen to mumble rap. That's the thing. Whenever so I hear it, I change the channel. Yeah. Or go to the next song, I guess. Yeah. Why don't we ask Google when we go into the living room after this? And we'll okay. find out some of the pioneers of that song. When they give you a necklace. Yeah, I like that bitch. It will, but I think it would be so odd and cool if in the 90s you heard me on a track with some real lyricists like Rock Him and I don't know, maybe Eminem. And they're spitting all these great verses, and then you hear me come on going, with auto tunes on my voice. Oh, so bad. <laughs> Mumble rap with auto tuned. It's so bad. Yeah. I guess. I guess maybe I would say that, like, um, well, Post Malone sings too, but he raps as well. So I, I guess that would be him. I don't really listen to his music. I'm turned. So that- off because of the interview I heard with him and Howard Stern and he seemed like a nice guy I may have this wrong but I got the impression that he might be a Mormon did we talk about that here yeah because he said yes sir and ma'am he kept calling Howard sir and he called Robin ma'am and I believe he was calling in from his home in Utah that doesn't make him a Mormon though. it doesn't there there are people that live in Utah that were not raised Mormon so I know that because I've been there yeah and there was this lady who nothing ever happened between me and her. I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. But there was some flirtation. 
And if things would have gone on a little bit longer in the project we were working together, it's possible your man might have uh, had some fun with oh her. Goodness. Adult fun. I think everybody clear. pretty knows what pretty mm. much knows what fun you're talking about. Okay, good. But she was a pagan who had lived in Utah, and I asked her about it, and she basically told me one of the cool things is because the pagan and atheist community and agnostic um, folk are so small there that people basically kind of band together and make their own little world out in that part of the country. Uh-oh. So it's possible Post Malone isn't a Mormon, but I was a little bit concerned when I heard that interview. But, Why? Because he was polite? Yeah, and, and expect, living in Utah. You don't expect rappers to be polite? Well, and from Utah, um, and I think he's a white dude, right? I don't know. Hold uh, on. Alexa, what's Post Malone's ethnicity? Alexa, is Post Malone white? Okay, see, he's a white dude living in Utah, calling an interviewer, sir, well, throughout like people, a two-hour well, I mean, some, I mean, I honestly think there needs to be a little bit more politeness in this world, but, uh, and, you know, and so I think rappers should learn from him, maybe, because some rappers are really impolite. Because that's what we really need in this world, polite rap. No, I mean, polite people, not polite, I mean, ugh. Bubs, really? <laughs> Honestly, you are very much misbehaving today. No, no, I'm misbehaving. Give me a kiss. Ugh. Give me a kiss. And then I'll tell you what I want to hear. Not for me, but give me a kiss. You know what I really want to hear, babes? What? Is a polite gangster rap group. Oh, wow. That like no, I'm, I'm, and I'm not talking about rap being polite because some rap is, I mean, most secular rap is not polite, but I'm talking about people that are polite. No, I hear what you're saying. You know, I'm just saying it rubbed me the wrong way. Now, then we could ask a question. Yeah. Is it wrong of me to be closed off to an artist, even if they are Mormon? And that's a much more interesting question. And the answer is obviously, yes, it is wrong with me. Yeah. I mean, even if you didn't agree with their religious views, and I, even though I wouldn't agree with their religious views, I think that um, um, they are talented nonetheless. I mean, I like some of the music of the Osmonds. I don't know a lot of it, but it doesn't matter if they're Mormons or not. They can sing. And they, um, I like some of their music and it's, it's okay. And maybe there is good Mormon rap, not just Post Malone, but from other people. I never heard of that. What? Mormon rap. I'm sure there's gotta be. No, I, I mean, every time I think of Mormons, I think of the Tabernacle Choir. I know, but there's MAGA rappers out there. Not just Kanye, but other people, apparently. Yeah, there is. There's Bryson Gray. Um, I don't know who else. I only, I only uh. I know of Bryson Gray, and, and I know I have to think of other ones, but yeah, there are. But I mean, Mormon rap, I don't know what they would rap about. Joseph Smith? Maybe. The Temple? And how they love their wives. Polygamist rap? I don't yeah. know. Oh, let's talk about Ted McGinley for a minute. Yeah. We were discussing Married with Children, 
this yeah, and other things. Because I said I thought it was funny that sometimes on the show, when Marcy was mad, she would call Jefferson Missy. To emasculate him. Yes. Yeah. And what you were unaware of is Ted McGinley apparently is in some Christian films now. Yeah. And I made the comment that just because he's in a Christian film and they chose him to be in a Christian film, it doesn't really make him a Christian. It just means that he's in the film. And that's fair. I mean, I don't know if Robin Gibbons is because she was in one of the um, God's Not Dead movies. In fact, she was in the second one with uh, Melissa Joan Hart. But that doesn't necessarily make her a Christian. It just means that she's... And she was the one in opposition of Melissa Joan Hart's character um, as uh, Melissa Joan Hart was the English professor. I don't know anything about these movies, so I don't know if the professor is good, bad, or I've I've seen both of the movies. Okay. Yes. So Melissa Joan Hart believed in God and Robin Gibbons she, didn't. She wanted to have the freedom of teaching uh the Bible as a historical um as a historical so- source. And um oh I'm sorry, was she history or English? I can't remember. She was I don't a, know. she was a professor, but um she was not allowed to do that. Um and Robin Gibbons was I think she was a part of the school's administ the college administration. Okay, so she's playing a villain, basically, but she could be a Christian in real life. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, sometimes they they have chosen, uh, the Irwin brothers have chosen um, people to uh, play um, parts in their movies, but that I don't know that they're Christians or not. Some of them are, and some of them may not be. Melissa Joan Hart, I think we asked Miss A, and it turns out that she is a conservative Christian, or there's reasons to believe she, that. She, you know, I've heard an interview with her, but she didn't really talk about her politics. She just talked about what she said. And I think she was facing some backlash because it was in opposition to what somebody else believed or whatever it was. And she just wanted to give her opinion. Um, She was saying it to the interview and I forgot what show she was on. But um, when I heard her being interviewed about um, God's Not Dead 2, which she was in, she sounded to me like she was on the fence of Christianity, but she wasn't all in. Mm. So I, I, that's, that's where I came to the conclusion that even though people are chosen to be in these movies, it doesn't necessarily make them Christians. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I don't know what to really say about that, but Ted McGinley was promoting one of these Christian movies. And I saw this on YouTube a couple of years ago, right before the pandemic, when I was re-watching Married with Children, because, of course, I'm Rick, and I'm going to think, well, where's the cast of this show now? Mm-hmm. And the interviewer is asking him about his career. Ted McGinley, I think, brings up Married with Children and talks about how much fun he had making it. The interviewer got a little bit uncomfortable and changed the topic, yeah. <laughs> which I, I thought was interesting. Well, uh, what what uh, what... What was the interview from? I don't remember. This was several years ago, and I watched okay. so many YouTube videos. Well, I think it's kind of a weird, weird thing. thing to, you know, if you're promoting a Christian movie, but Married with Children has all the makings of a secular sitcom. But that was part of his life for a number of years. It was a part of his life, yeah. You know, and I'm glad he might be one of them, but at least he doesn't deny. One of them. <laughs> I like how you say, oh. He doesn't try to, like... 
you know, say, oh, it was horrible. And this was before I gave my life to Christ. And I was on that horrible sitcom. He's not like one of those. Well, some, some people, some people really feel that way. I don't think you should, you know. But I'm glad that that's not Tim McGinley. Yeah. That at least if he is a uh, brother in Christ, he can realize that he still made a great television series before he found the Lord or before it was known that, uh, what I think, I mean, it's, um, it's not like, uh, that one kid, um, Angus Bethune, when he was still on two and a half men and he was warning people not to watch it. No, Angus, you gotta, uh, look at Ted McGinley. I think, I think he should have left the show and just, you know, I think he, what he should have done was he should have decided to leave the show and not even talk about it. I don't know. I, I don't know. Don't really watch Two and a Half Men, so it's not for I, me to say. But Two and a Half Men is is a show that I have watched, but I I never thought it was that funny. What I would say is, I don't think it's cool when people badmouth a job that they still have. You don't think so? No, it's oh, one thing if you're out of it. If you're out of it, it's one thing, right? But like, if you're still you making know, you're still money at this it, gig, I don't think it's a good idea too because. You're you're basically slapping your coworkers in the face. Exactly. And you're saying, "Hey, I liked you before, and now I don't anymore." Now that I'm all rich and Angus out, I can. I mean, talk my stuff. I mean, when uh, I mean when when Kurt Cameron uh, made a change in his life, he didn't like um diss his coworkers on Growing Pains. Yeah, and see, he the, never did that. This is why he's still our brother in Christ. What? You're making fun now. Why don't they say that? Yeah, but you're not a brother in Christ yet. Oh, oh I'm like an uncle in Christ. Oh my goodness, <laughs> Bob. What? Mm. I'm an uncle in Christ because oh. I have a nephew, right? Uh, I hope he doesn't believe in that stuff. Bob. What? I just what? You're making fun again. No, I didn't know. And isn't it mm. better to make fun than to make serious? Oh. Bubs, yeah. really. I don't know what to do with you sometimes. I really don't. Accept me for who I am and take everything I say as the truth. Give me a noise. Don't squeeze it. Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't much of a squeeze. But anyways, Ted McGinley anyway. might actually be a cool Christian. Okay. Okay. Why well, yeah. Moving on, Bob. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. Really moving on. Okay. Let's talk about the movies we saw last night. Yeah, so we, we picked uh, a couple of interesting ones, to Seven. say the least. Seven and After Hours. I will let you give the recap of Seven. I, I want to give the recap of After Hours. Okay, you were talking a lot during Seven, though, so I, my recap's going to be super fast. Yeah, go ahead. Because I'm thinking, okay, you're definitely giving the recap of this one. No, I, I wasn't talking that much, was I? You're talking a fair amount. About what? I don't know, but I was like thinking to myself, I'm, there's like, uh, my dad is an asshole, but he did once say something that has resonated to me throughout the years. I was around 10, right? And it's me, my dad, and my stepmom. They weren't married, but you know, everybody's family, and especially my family. And me and her were talking, there's a movie on TV and we asked my dad something. He turns around to us and he's like, I don't know. But all I know is I've been watching this movie for a half hour. And I don't know the name of any of the characters. I don't know the plot. <laughs> wow. And sometimes I think about that. Like, oh, that's actually a really good point. Anyways. Oh, okay. 
I do know more about this one. You weren't like, you know, as I wasn't well. I wasn't talking a whole lot and I do I do know um quite a bit about the movie, but nice. Yeah. Okay. Movies called Seven. It came out when I was about twelve years old. I just started at MLC. And I wasn't really feeling Brad Pitt at the time, even though I really enjoyed Interview with the Vampire. Mm. It was before I knew about the greatness of Morgan Freeman. Yes, I had heard about him, but I hadn't really experienced him as a film goer, at least not in any meaningful way. Right? Mm-hmm. But I keep hearing throughout the years, Rick, you got to watch Seven. It's really good. It's by David Fincher, the same homie who did Fight Club and Gone Girl. I did not like Fight Club. Fight Club is excellent. I, I didn't like it as, as much as Gone Girl. Really? Yeah, I mean, there were some issues I had with Fight Club, yes. Gone Girl is great, but I think his masterpiece is Fight Club. It and, is next level good. And I didn't like it as much. There's a lot of hidden meaning in the film. There is, in Fight Club. Mm. There's a reason it's considered a classic. Okay, but we're not talking we're about, talking Fight, about Club Fight Club Bubs. Okay, good. Because <laughs> that's exactly what I don't want to discuss tonight. No. Or this afternoon. I'm sundowning. Oh, my goodness. So I'll make this quick. I'm sundowning with dyslexic. Yeah. Dyslexia. Okay. And I'm a good Christian. Oh, my goodness. Okay. I'm not a good Christian. Mm. I'm the best Christian. Loves. All right, all right, all right. Go right, right. on. Please. All right, let's talk about this movie, babes. Just mm. All right, it starts off. There's a guy named Sunset. Somerset. Somerset. His last name. William, William Somerset. Somerset. Played by the great Morgan Freeman. Yeah. And he's one of these cops who is pretty much burnt out with the gig. Yeah, he's an older guy. He's thinking about retiring. Life's passed him by. He's had some relationships. They always came second to the job. And a new man comes into town, played by a Brad Pitt named... Uh, oh, um, David Mills. David Mills. Yeah. They're investigating these murders that start happening. This all takes place within the course of a week. And let's let me make a note, because then people understand this. Each of the bodies had um, a sin written down either in blood on a carpet, on a picture, on a wall, and some of them were killed very, very violently and brutally. I believe the first guy they find, his head is dipped in some pasta, and he's super overweight, so he's gluttony. That's what his death represents. And then there was another one that said greed. Mm -hmm. There's a woman that was killed, and and, and, um, there... By her body, it says pride. Mills is passionate about the job. He's been a cop before, but he's a lot newer as far as his police career goes Mm -hmm. than Morgan Freeman. Not just that he moved to this town, but he's only been a cop for five years. He's happily married to a white privileged girl. Oh, my goodness. That's what what I think when I think. No, she's she's privileged because of her, uh, her mother. And her dad was super rich. Goodness, she's not just because she's white because she's rich. Anyway, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow who played Tracy Mills. Yeah, I I make fun of Gwyneth Paltrow a lot in real life. Mm. She's probably a nice lady. Yeah, I just think that. Okay, do we uh, want to go into no, a Gwyneth Paltrow I thing? I don't or no? think we need to do that. Okay. I think you've said it before. I don't think that she's a mean lady. Let's put it to you that way. I just think that she's probably a little bit ignorant of her opportunities. But I don't get the sense that she hates people or anything like that. 
Okay. I could have a pleasant conversation with her, but she's not my favorite. Okay, let's move on to this film. Babes, right. let's get back to it. You you get back to it. Okay. Murders keep going on, and eventually Gwyneth Paltrow invites Somerset over for dinner. And I thought that was kind of strange. Yeah, I actually really enjoyed that part of the film, though. Because oh. you see the characters being a little bit more relaxed. Yeah, and, and, and um, Mills is playing with the two dogs. Yep. Yeah. Life goes on. And Gwyneth Paltrow's name is... Tracy. Tracy. Calls Somerset again and says, hey, can we hang out? And I thought, oh, this is not going to be good. What if you? What if she wants to have an affair with Somerset? Because mm-hmm. sometimes that happens in movies. Yeah. She basically says that she doesn't like being there. She doesn't know anyone except for him. And she's pregnant. And she's pregnant. She doesn't want to tell her husband, Will, uh, David. I did not believe that part of the movie at all. I didn't either. Because they'd only had dinner once. And, yeah. okay, so they don't have any friends in this town you can't call anybody. I know long distance was a thing back in the 90s, but there are things, there were at least things called calling cards. Well, and then when 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 he said, how are the kids? I, did, I thought they already had kids, but they're talking about their dogs. That's the impression I got. We also watched the audio description version of this movie, but yeah. yes. Because I was confused at first, and then later in the movie, I'm like, oh, I think this is what they meant. But why, why would he talk? Why I'm sorry. Why would she talk to his partner exactly. of all people when she should have been talking to him or right. a counselor or uh, reach out to a friend you had as a yeah. kid or something? Yeah, or, or a girl that um she was really close to. Why mm-hmm. would she talk to Somerset of all people? Write a letter. Yeah, exactly. Yes, you could do that back then. You could, and you I used to write letters to my friends. Yes, yes, yes I did too. I did. Two yes. pages. <laughs> I used to write a letter to my good friend, and it, it would be about two pages long. Mine would be 200. 200? Yep. Wow. Every weekend, I'd write a 200-page letter to my friend. Really? No. Wow. I don't think that's true. No, it's not. Okay. Okay. Life goes on. The week's progressing. More people are dying. They're having trouble finding this creep because he would do things like use other people's hands uh, so they couldn't get a proper fingerprint. Eventually, though... He would cut off his... his uh, he would get he cut off the, ping, the the tips of his fingers. Of his own fingers yeah. and use somebody else's hand. Yep. Which is really crazy. Okay. We catch the dude. Mm-hmm. And this homie is crazy. And he was played by Kevin Spacey. And him and David Fincher would later work on the television series House of Cards, mm-hmm. which the first two seasons of that show are really good. And then it kind of like, eh, I've seen enough. Yeah. Right. Kevin Spacey has had some issues recently. Yes, recently. Yes. Yes. Anyways. He says, we got some more bodies, mm-hmm. and the only way you cops are going to find this is if you let me take you to the special location. Yep. So they go. There's an exchange in the car between Kevin Spacey and Mills, mm-hmm. and Kevin Spacey's just like, oh, you're going to want to see what comes up next. Yeah. Okay. And, yeah, and he gets this box, and it's marked fragile. And the box is opened. It has the head of Gwyneth Paltrow, who yeah. was Prikers at the time, as we've established. Yes, it was like, and he he's about ready to uh, 
to uh, take out his gun and shoot him right there. He did. And he did. Yep. Which I was not surprised, but I don't know that would have been a good idea to do that. I don't know. Maybe. You could bleed into insanity at that point, I think. <laughs> right. That's basically the end of the movie. I mean, it continues for a couple more minutes, but the story is basically done at that point. Yeah, it is. I think Brad Pitt is a really good actor. I mean, he's great in Interview with a Vampire and in Fight, Fight Club. Mm-hmm. But in this movie, I kind of feel like he overacted. You think so? How, yeah. How is that? How, how, why do you feel that way? It just didn't feel authentic when you're hearing him give these diatribes about, you know, I'm a good cop and Morgan Freeman, you're just bent out of shape. It felt forced. But Morgan yeah. Freeman's performance, as always, felt based in reality. Yeah, you actually believe what he was talking about. And two, sometimes when you have a bad actor next to a good one, mm-hmm. the good actor can elevate the bad one's performance. Yeah. However, on other occasions, it makes it more noticeable that you're watching bad acting because someone good is in front of them. It just depends on yeah. the chemistry of the actors. So seeing the dichotomy of the two of them, it kind of amplified Brad Pitt's bad performance in my view. Yeah, I think I would agree with you on that one. And again, that's not to say that he's not a good actor. It's just to say that in this movie, his performance didn't work for me. Yeah, like in The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, I thought he was really good in that one. Also directed by David Fincher. Really? Yep. Yeah. So, oh, your phone went off. Yeah, it was probably some message, I guess. I heart advertisement, maybe. No, no, it wasn't that. Oh. No, I know it wasn't that. <laughs> Alana's been getting a lot of those recently. I heart ads. I don't get it, and I don't have, I, I couldn't find it in my app library. Horrible company, in Rick's opinion. I, I... Yeah, I don't. I'm not too happy with them either. They've taken over like local radio stations and all that, mm-hmm. made it more corporate. But anyway, they've been on. doing that for decades. Go on. Okay, okay, babes. Okay. I don't get why people love this movie. Hmm. Maybe it's one of those things. I should have seen it when it first came out. Yeah. But it's it's good. It's passable. I'm glad I saw it, but I have no desire to revisit. I. It heard about the cutting off of the fingertips because I forgot where I, I, for, I forgot where I heard about it from but I was like oh yeah I remember hearing about that and I heard about it was it was about these um seven deadly sins um and it was about the this guy that was raised very strict and um I thought it was interesting because he would kill these people because of the sins that they were committing thinking that he was doing a a, a, a service to everybody Except he was a hypocrite because one of the sins besides 07 is murder. Oh. So I thought it was kind of interesting. Nice. What do you think? Would you recommend this film? No, yes. Um, I don't know. I mean, it wasn't the worst film ever, but I don't know. I thought I thought Kevin Spacey's performance is very very creepy. Yeah, it's not a masterpiece though, like some people no, say. No, I I don't think so. That's fair. What, I think the curious case of Benjamin Button is better. Oh, what do you think happens to Brad Pitt's character after this experience? Uh, I wonder if he leaves the forest because of his wife's death, and he'll never know what it's like to have a child with her. Maybe. Maybe that just totally. Um, 
just totally um, uh, makes him want to leave because of it. Nice. Or maybe he just was so guilty that he had to leave. Yeah. I don't know. All right, those are the only questions I had about it, really. Okay. It's not very thought-provoking. Now, right. little J-Lo yep. wanted to talk about After Hours. Okay, this movie, I had no idea that it was a Martin Scorsese comedy, because usually he makes action movies. And he makes, well, yes, but I would say more gangster films. Yeah, more gangster or films. Or films about the underworld. Right, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't really feel like a Scorsese movie, which I like. Yeah, it doesn't. It definitely doesn't. Starring Griffin Dunn. Yes. Griffin Dunn and Rosanna Arquette. And some other folk. And some other people that aren't so popular. Cheech and Chong are in it. Yeah, Cheech and Chong are in it. But I'll let you discuss them, maybe. Okay. So this happens within the course of one evening, and it just goes really bad. Because, what are you doing? I'm petting your inner knee. Uh, that, that tickles, please. What is this area called? You're close to my thigh. Oh, I'm petting your close to your inner thigh because you don't have pants on right now. Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. I have shorts on. Shorts on pants, babes. Well, okay, they're shorts. Okay. I have something on. I keep have something keep on. talking, babes. Oh, goodness. I tickle. Um, anyway. Uh, so... Um, Griffin Dunn's character, I forgot what, oh, his name is Paul Hackett. And he meets this girl, Marcy Ware. I think it's just at a diner. Yeah, and so. After work. He's reading a book, and she's like, I love. Tropic of Cancer. Tropic of Cancer, which sounds like a horrible name for a book. And, um, she gives him, um, the number to her, her roommate's place named uh her name is kiki bridges and she's like an artist and she's making this sculpture Mm -hmm. and so he goes back home calls kiki because he wants uh to buy this paperweight from her which is really weird that's shaped like a bagel shaped like a bagel yeah he's like well there's a lot of papers and i you know i'll get i'll and she's like oh you can get these paperweights from my friend which i think is a really weird thing to get Mm -hmm. So he calls her house looking for Kiki and says, oh, uh, you know, uh, Marcy told me this is your number and uh, I, I wanted to get a paperweight from you. And she's like, oh, do you want Are you looking for Marcy? Okay. Well, uh, here's the phone. And she's like, oh, well, um, yeah, this is, uh, this is Marcy and how are you doing? And why don't you come over? And they're having this conversation and he's like, okay. <laughs> I'll come over. <laughs> and she's like, I'm really glad you called. And he's like, yeah, me too. So he went over to see her. Um, but Kiki was there and Marcy had to go to the drugstore. Go on, please. Kiki's not really feeling your man, Paul. So he kind of waits around after she falls asleep she, during she, the massage. Yeah, she. he makes him, uh, he asks him to give her, uh, or he... Asked to give her a massage because she's tired of working on a sculpture yeah. and tells him to do it. And she's like, I don't know how to do it. And we don't have to give away everything. So. But Marcy comes back while she's sleeping. While Kiki's asleep. Yeah, right. Marcy come back while, comes back while Marce, uh, Kiki is sleeping. And it's it's kind of a funny scene. <laughs> Maybe, and she yeah. takes, they go into her bedroom and 
I think they're talking for a while. And she said, could you please excuse me? I'm going to go jump in the shower. She jumps in the shower, gets a call from some guy named Greg, and says, oh, uh, Marcy can't come to the phone. Can't take a message. She's like, oh, can, uh, can you tell her Greg called? That's fine. We find out that Kiki has been married before. She's running around with a whole bunch of different guys. She has, like, these that, gashes on her legs. Right. They go out to a diner, come back to the spot that's hot. And Paul starts getting mad at her, ends up leaving, right? Mm -hmm. He discovers, to his dismay, that the transit system in, I want to say this is San Francisco, uh -huh. just rose their fares, like, going into the next day. Mm -hmm. So, it costs a dollar when he got to her house, but by the time he's leaving, it costs a dollar fifty to go back. Even though he actually took a cab there, right? Mm -hmm. He goes to a bar, gets into some more mischief. I, I don't know how much of this we want to give away. Um, I don't want to give too much away, but he runs into some crazy characters and he yeah. believes that he's um he the this whole mob is out to get him and he's going insane and mm -hmm. all he wants to do is go home. I will say the I I will say the last part of it. Go ahead. Because this one lady is trying to rescue him. And he and she wraps him up in wire and paper mache. Cheech and Chong steal him, thinking that he's a statue. They drive off. Paul, the doors to their uh, van end up opening. Paul falls out right in front of his work, stands up, and goes into the office just as everybody else is starting to get in. <laughs> so, I think this movie is better than Seven. Okay. I would recommend it in a thumbs up, thumbs down world. This gets a thumbs up for me. Okay. But there are th some things about it that I take issue with. My main problem is with how everything interconnects. So, for example, at one point he leaves the bar to take care of some business for the bartender. We don't want to go into every detail. And he comes back a few hours later. Mm -hmm. Your girl, Kiki, died of an overdose. The bartender gets a call that his girlfriend died, and we find out that it's Kiki. Like, do you really have to make it that obvious? I know. That all these stories were... No, it was Marcy. Marcy died. Oh, I'm sorry, Marcy. But Marcy you get the point. Marcy was the one who died, yeah. And it's like, you know, and and, and that was uh, Tom, the, the waiter's um, girlfriend, which it was very obvious. And then Julie just happens to work there, just Terry Gar. Mm-hmm. They were all crazy, and then Gail was the ice cream lady, and all these people are after him. It was very strange. He goes back to the club where he uh, went to see Kiki after the overdose. It's I don't like that in movies. I don't Julie. like... Okay, you know what I mean. Yeah. I don't like when they try to interconnect all the stories, and it all goes back to this one person. It feels unrealistic to me. It feels disingenuous. I, I would say that, too. That's the main issue I have with the film. And... He stops Cheech and Chong, who are friends with um, with your girl, Marcy's uh, Mar roommate. Kiki. Yeah, Kiki. He stops them from stealing, and then they happen to break into this club and steal him. Yeah. No, I can't yeah, go I, there with you. I don't. I yeah, I know. It's so. It's so. I did like the part where he fell out of the um, of the the car. Yeah. Now, having said all that, there's a lot of funny stuff in this movie. 
And I like that it's not a typical love story situation like we think it might be at the beginning of the film with him and Marcy. I like that she actually dies halfway through the movie. Right. You know, you I I don't think you'd see that in a mainstream movie t- today. No, you yeah. wouldn't. Not at all. I'd give this film a strong seven. I give it a strong seven. I give seven a weak seven. Maybe a six. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. I, I think I would... I would I would do that too, just because of the creepiness of Kevin Spacey and Brad Pitt's overacting. Well, to me, the things that I really enjoy about Seven, and the reason it even gets a six for me, is Morgan Freeman. Yeah. It's so good in that. Yes. 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 And the, the captain is okay. He's okay, but he's not nothing special. But Morgan Freeman was great. Mm-hmm. As he usually is. Yes. Would you recommend After Hours to your family? If so, what do you tell them? Um, <laughs> uh, an 80s comedy directed by Martin Scorsese that you, you probably wouldn't think he directed it, mm-hmm. I guess. But you tell them about it. Yeah, it would. It, it would be, it's a weird comedy. Oh. It almost sounds like something that would happen on Halloween. I can see that. Yeah. <coughs> I just coughed. Yes, you did. Is there, you never find out who Greg is, though. Oh, wait, Greg was her... I'm sorry, I think... No, Greg, Greg was just her friend. Her friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very strange. Yes, yes, yes. And Rosanna Arquette played a crazy girl in the movie. She really did. She was writing it. Yeah, she was. Was it or, or Rosanna Arquette? I think it was. Yeah, it was. Okay, good. Rosanna Arquette and whoever... I forgot who played Kiki. They were both really weird. Wasn't that Linda Fiorentino? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Yes. Linda Fiorentino, yeah. Oh, good. They were they were strange characters. Very good, babes. Very yes. good. Is there anything else you want to say about after hours? Uh no. Nice. Do you uh, we want ice cream? But real quick, do you want me to tell you about a dream I had? Yes. All right. This was Thursday going into Friday. I didn't mention it yesterday just because it slipped my mind. In the dream, it's around the holidays, so close to my birthday. And I rent a house with a friend of mine and some girl in her mid to late 20s who I never met before, but who's given me the signals that she really wants some of this. And as we know, it's not cheating if it happens in the dream. Oh my goodness. little J-Lo will be happy to know that we didn't hook up in the dream. Okay, so it's the first night, everything's going good. The next day... Me, my friend, and this girl are walking around town. Somebody shoots a gun, kills the girl. I chase the guy. Next thing I know, I'm watching somebody talking about the Star Trek feature on Paramount Plus. And it's around my, it's still my birthday, I think. Around my birthday, something like that. I completely forgot about the girl. And in the middle of the presentation, I start thinking about her and realize that I had blocked out her death. <laughs> wow. That's pretty much the dream. Wow. What do you think? That's crazy. Mm. That really is. Yeah. I don't know what to say about that. Oh. Quay yay. Well, good. Yeah. Quay yay. All right. You need ice cream and a snack. Yes. So I think we should wrap this up. Unless there's anything else you want to discuss. Uh, No. You said a lot, Very actually. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Give me a kiss. Then. Okay. Bubs. Okay. Mm. What? Stop that. Normally. I do kiss normally. No, that was you, babe. No, that was you. Oh, maybe it was. No, no.
Oh my goodness. My goodness. All right, J Lo. Okay. Bye bye for now. Bye bye. Bye bye.